listening to the Husker 24-7 podcast. Mike Shaver, Michael Brunts here with you on this fine Thursday morning. Brunts, how you doing? How are, uh, how are things going? What's your favorite rumor of the week? Well, there, there's a lot, so it's hard to pick just one. Um, I, it's, uh, it's like hour by hour now. Like, I feel like you can't, you can't step away from anything because you, you might miss the, the next rumor. It feels like the, the half-life on these reports is down to like 20 minutes before somebody from the Big Ten is reaching out and batting them down. Um, so I don't know. It, it feels like we're in this weird, like in-between time where fall camp could be starting like next week, or we could just be status quo watching UAB and Central Arkansas tonight. What is your favorite game that is on the slate for this weekend? Uh, what we got? South Alabama, Southern Miss. You got UAB. Central Arkansas. Uh, that is uh, – we're recording this on a Thursday. That is this evening. What, what else do we have? I, I guess I haven't uh, – I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. But um, – Well, so East Kentucky is against Marshall. Mm. Middle Tennessee takes on Army. SMU, Texas State. Houston Baptist, North Texas. Arkansas State, Memphis, and probably the best game of the – of the Saturday. That's your seven o'clock kick uh, on ESPN. Stephen F. Austin versus the Miners of UTEP. That's probably pretty avoidable. At the Sun Bowl? Are they playing that at the Sun Bowl? That's going to be at the Sun Bowl. I might tune in for that. You big Sun Bowl guy? <laughs> that, that little mountain that kind of pokes up from behind the uh, the stadium is, is a little – it's majestic. It, it I always- don't – I, I always kind of wanted Nebraska to, to figure out a way that they could land perfectly in the Sun Bowl because it feels like this sort of just completely irrelevant bowl game that people would kind of like for whatever reason. Kind of like I, the, the Holiday Bowl is for some people. I would not, I would not be at all against covering uh, the Sun Bowl. I, but Nebraska's played there before, I think, right? Long time ago, yeah. We'll we'll get the research department on it and see what they get back to us here. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. Mississippi State with Pat Summerall on the call, and uh, Jeff Quinn was the uh, the MVP in a thirty-one seventeen win. There we go. Maybe we'll have BC break down the the Sun Bowl sometime. We can do that. Ooh, ooh that was a. Nebraska was a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, and they won 31-17. That's a cover. Hey, listen, if you're listening to this show right now and you made money on the 1980 Sun Bowl, let us know. <laughs> we'll get your story on the next episode of Degenerates on Husker 24-7. Mississippi State scored twice in the fourth quarter, so people are probably sweating that a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. But, uh, yeah, Mississippi State fumbled five times and had uh, – Six turnovers in the game. Nebraska finished seventh in the AP poll, and Mississippi State fell to 19th. <laughs> the, uh, the attendance was 34,723, which was a Sun Bowl record at the time, aided, this Wikipedia entry says, by favorable weather that day. It, the, other, uh, the other Sun Bowl was uh, Nebraska beat Georgia in the Sun Bowl in 1969. Oh. If you- if you were there for that one, uh, Nebraska was favored by seven and won 45 to six. Yeah. Take that Vince Dooley. Bring so, your five, three and one Georgia Bulldogs to, to El Paso going against the 
seven and two Nebraska Cornhuskers. So yeah, there's your there's your Nebraska Sun Bowl history, and we can uh, move on to more recent things. Nebraska was co-champions of the Big Eight that year. Missouri went to play in the Orange Bowl, while Nebraska had the Sun Bowl. Yeah, that's I don't know. I I, I would take a Sun Bowl over no bowl, which is what Nebraska has yeah. been the last few years. Absolutely. Look, I, I I have some curiosity with the Sun Bowl that I don't have with some of these other bowl games. So I don't know why that is, but uh, you know, we'll 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 do this more often. We're just gonna pick a random bowl game and then <laughs> try to figure out Nebraska's tie to it. I think that's a good way to go in these podcasts now as we we open things up. But let's let's dive into the important stuff. Nebraska. Picked up a commitment on Friday. A.J. Rollins became the second tight end, the second Metro player in three days to commit to the Huskers, joining Thomas Fedoni, the Creighton Prep Junior J, slated to, to play tight end for Nebraska. Really likes Sean Becton, likes the idea that he could be a split-out guy. Really strikes me as a raw kind of developmental intriguing in-state take and, and someone that Nebraska beat out for, uh, you know, they, they beat out Iowa State, Missouri, and, and UCF were the other schools there. And it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of momentum for him to go anywhere else. But for Nebraska, it was nice to, to finish that one off as a win. The We kind of talked, I guess, a couple of weeks ago about the, the, the looming um, – emphasis on in-state kids you you saw A.J. Rollins uh play in the opening weekend what what were kind of your takeaways in yeah it wasn't a great game to to watch him and then formulate opinions because he you know they lost in a 42 to nothing shellacking and and he didn't particularly have much to do on either side of the ball I mean he had a couple nice I guess hurries if you will of of Cole Payton and I think he had a tackle for a loss but for the most part was pretty non-existent and part of that was just the, the setting of that game. I mean, I think Creighton Prep had to deal uh, with some guys that had been out. Their conditioning wasn't as good. They weren't trying to play players as much uh, in terms of, of snaps. And so Rollins was splitting time at both tight end and defensive end. So it just meant that he wasn't on the field as, as much as possible. That noise you hear in the background is Slider choosing to noisily drink water uh, during the recording of this podcast instead of multiple hours before or after but uh hopefully you are enjoying that if you're a longtime listener what do you know about aj rollins Brooks? well you know it, it's you know Listen with, to him laugh. He's, he's just uh it's a big bowl of water it's like he's michael phelps in there <laughs> so you know it, Let's look at, at kind of what this means more broadly for Nebraska at the tight end spot, because that, that is, you know, I, I think an important position of need in this class because you, you have nobody younger than a, a, a junior on the roster currently. Chris Hickman's out at wide receiver right now. Uh, Thomas, adding Thomas Fedoni was obviously a huge priority. Uh, and, and, you know, I think A.J. Rollins, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think – you know, you, you look at what he can do as an athlete on the basketball floor, uh, you know, a, a talented football player as well. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, you can get into your system. You can add some weight to him. Uh, I think – what do we list him at? Is he listed at 6'6"? Yeah, he's listed at 6'6". I think he's a little shorter than that. Okay. 
but I, I think you can kind of get him in your program. You don't have to, to throw him out there right away. I mean, I think that's a, a good recipe at that tight end spot. And I think, you know, in this class, you're seeing them start to rebuild that room a little bit. I think guys are going to look a little bit different uh, than maybe what they brought in uh, previously. So it, it's, I think there's a lot to be excited about with, with Rollins and, and Fedoni in that group. And we can kind of get into it too, you know, whether or not they're going to add a, a third member to that class. But, uh, you know, like you said, not really a, a huge surprise that, that he ended up with Nebraska. But uh, I think a, another example of Nebraska, you know, working to keep guys home uh, who have the ability to play in Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, you you actually went and saw that potential third guy in James Carney, and I saw him in a practice, saw him at the Warren Academy thing. I continue to think that he makes as much sense as anybody to, to add to your tight end room simply because I think he could be a really good receiver uh, in, in terms of, of the passing game there. But you're right. I mean, you if Chris Hickman stays at wide receiver, uh, if – you know, the we'll see what happens with the eligibility situation with Kurt Raftall and Travis Vokalek and Austin Allen. Uh, but, yeah, by the time these guys actually get to campus, tight end could be a pretty full, you know, spot. And at the same time, it could also lighten up in a hurry. It, it's interesting to me how much Sean Becton's name, I mean, you, you think about uh, Thomas Fedoni and then with, with A.J. Rollins. It's interesting to me how much Sean Becton's name has really kind of come about this last week. He's a guy I think people forget how valuable he is to the staff. And and I don't know, Brunson, you you definitely cover this too. Have you heard Sean Becton's name pop up a lot when you've talked with guys, whether there's the Georgia connection or his Northern Florida or just his general role on this staff? I think he's someone that has a lot of respect inside those walls that maybe doesn't get discussed as much outside of it. Yeah, and I, and I I think part of that, you know, he's not on social media a lot. Um, you know, he's a pretty low key guy, but I, I think that that's you know what maybe uh, you know makes him a, makes him comfortable with with recruits. You know, you hear a lot of the commits who are recruited by Sean Beckton talk about how you know he's kind of like this this father figure. Uh, you know, I I think he's a, a pretty straightforward guy too. Um, and, you know, you, you look at the commits in Nebraska's class right now, I mean, his fingerprints are all over uh, the, the guys that, that commit from Georgia. Um, you know, certainly uh, Thomas Fedoni and A.J. Rollins both, uh, you know, have a good relationship with Sean Becton. Uh, talking to James Carney, he talks uh, with, with Becton quite a bit, um, even though he doesn't have that offer yet. So uh, he's a, you know, a, a real valuable member of the staff. And, you know, I, I don't think that he necessarily gets the 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 run as a rec, uh, as a recruiter that he should get, and you know, I, I just think that that's you know maybe speaks to to kind of how he operates, and and that's an okay thing. But I mean, I mean, you know, the last couple classes, how instrumental he's been in getting Nebraska in the door in Georgia with his connections and and guys that he knows down there. So, uh, you know, as much as you know, I think Nebraska fans kind of glom on to, you know, Ryan Held or Travis Fisher uh, for the work they do on the recruiting trail. I think Sean Becton uh, is just as important uh, as what those guys are doing. Yeah, we, we kind of hinted at this. We have gone to a couple high school games each now 
Uh, we've seen several of the commitments in Nebraska's class already. I'll just leave it open-ended, Bruns. Where, who would you like to discuss amongst the players that you have seen so far in this young 2020 high school season? Yeah, I, I can hit on a couple of them. I mean, it's on, on Thursday I went to Millard West, uh, Elkhorn South, obviously Teddy Prohaska um, at, at Elkhorn South. One of the early, you know, the earliest commit in Nebraska's class that's still in it. Um, you know, a, a guy that you look at what he can be uh, with that frame, and it, it's, you know, you, you can kind of see the uh, a limitless uh, future for him. I mean, he, he's up to around 300 pounds right now. Uh, he's six foot eight. He seriously looks like he weighs about 250 pounds uh, just with the way he carries. Uh, that weight, um, you know, he reminds me a little bit of a Bryce Benhart from the standpoint of, you know, a, a guy that that's weight is significantly higher than what he looks. And, you know, he still looks like he could probably carry about 40 more pounds really easily. Um, you know, with, with in-state linemen in Nebraska, it's always kind of tough to get a read on, you know, where they're at because they're so much bigger than everybody. Uh, it, it, on Thursday, he was matched up against uh, guys that were, you know, six, uh, seven inches shorter than him. Uh, so it, it's you, you kind of lean it on guys a little bit. I, I think it's a little bit tough to, uh, you know, play with perfect technique in those situations. But I, I think, you know, he's a guy that Nebraska fans can really be excited about. He's not going to have to come in right away and, and fill a spot. Uh, he's, you know, I, I think a guy that a couple of years down the road is going to be pretty impressive. So I, that, that was my first time seeing him since he added back a bunch of the weight in the offseason. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, and then on Friday, I was at uh, Norris and Elkhorn, uh, obviously there to see James Carney and kind of what he did. You know, we can talk about it a little bit. And, and Nebraska's told him, you know, they might, they're, they're going to take two or three tight ends. And I, I, I think that James Carney is worthy of an offer. I was pretty impressed with uh, what he did um, as a receiver. Um, you know, I, I think obviously what, as a former wide receiver transitioning to tight end, he has, you know, good, good ball skills. Uh, you know, he's, he's pretty agile as a tight end. I, I think you can start to see where with the added weight, you can be an effective blocker. He really impressed me on defense. I thought he was really disruptive uh in shedding blocks and, and, and getting up field uh and, and you know I, I think a guy that Nebraska and a lot of programs and he went through the list of schools that he's been hearing from Iowa State Virginia Tech K-State um, I, I think a lot of schools are kind of waiting to see a couple games worth of film from him before kind of moving forward but I, I think he's definitely in that conversation as another potential in-state guy uh, to earn an offer from Nebraska yeah, I, I think that James Carney is going to be pretty interesting for, for us for, you know, a while because it, there's no guarantee that this is going to come to a resolution. In August, it seemed like he could be just around the corner, and that's kind of what Nebraska was hitting at. But then he also said and, and that they want to see, you know, a handful of games because they want to see how tough he is, if he can, uh, if he can show off as a blocker as well as he has as a receiver because that matters to him as well. And then – of course, they're trying to figure out the numbers and, and how many spots they actually have for for everything on that 
2021 class. So he's, he's going to be a guy that, that we're definitely going to be paying attention to. And, and your thoughts on Teddy Perhoska are always sort of interesting too, because I think one of the things I'm most guilty of in this job, and especially unfortunately for local kids is that you don't view the Nebraska talent pool as super, super strong because they don't produce as many D one players as other States. And yet at the same time, because of that, you also assume the guys that do get the in-state offers are just going to be these dominant forces. Mm-hmm. And that, that such – I mean, it's just not always going to be the case. And I have so many years of evidence, and yet I still go into these games sometimes expecting more than what I actually get. And then you get reminded at some point that, oh, yeah, they're in their first game of their senior year, and it's their frame that generally has attracted the attention or the athleticism they still have a lot that they have to kind of learn. And, you know, the difference between being really good at high school and being good probably isn't as great as it is being really good in college and being good or, you know, at the next level. And so I always have to kind of remind myself of that. Uh, But I I saw Seth Malcolm on Friday. I'll start with that one. And he's a great example of this because in the first quarter, especially on offense as a guy who's a, an FBS football player and playing an eight man and going against a team that's probably only going to win a handful of games this year in Bedford. He didn't exactly come out and just completely dominate. And he's certainly not a running back because it's just straight line speed and his size, but it was kind of funny to watch like five of the eight guys from Bedford on defense would just have to come up and surround him, And then someone would just chop at his legs. And that's basically like he would gain six yards. Like it wasn't like it was ever a bad play. But it just wasn't, you know, you weren't seeing ripped off runs or anything like that. And then eventually you kind of saw him take over the game a little bit on defense where they just struggled, whether he lined up as a defensive lineman on fourth down and they knew that they were going to struggle to block him and it caused a false start. And then it blew up the next play. And then his play at linebacker where they're having a really tough time doing anything from side to side because he could just cover things very well that's kind of when you could see, okay, this is why Nebraska really likes this guy. He's got great size. He has really good instincts, it seems, as a linebacker. Seems very comfortable playing north and south. I want to see more out of him playing in coverage. But that was kind of the, the big stuff for me with, with Seth Malcolm. And then the day before, I got to see a bunch of guys over at Westside and Prep in a star-studded game. I mean, the, there's probably six, six FCS or FBS players in that game, if, if not more. And, and so, and that's just of, of guys that are, you know, right around 2021 or 2022. And so uh, a lot of talent there, definitely uh, an interesting contest to watch. And I was just taken with Cole Payton. I mean, I'll be curious what Nebraska ends up doing there. I don't think they can get him unless they offer a full scholarship. He's committed to play quarterback at North Dakota state talking with people at North Dakota state that time could come even sooner. Uh, than than what was previously thought, especially if Trey Lance doesn't even play this year. And so um, there's there's a lot that you have to to jump past if, if Nebraska is going to get involved on this. And they probably don't see him as a quarterback as much as they might see him as a defensive athlete, likely a linebacker. But he's just a really, really good football player. And I was, I was very impressed uh, with Cole Payton. Avante Dickerson looked good. Uh, Minnesota's definitely getting a good player there. A.J. Rollins, I kind of talked about a little bit. Didn't get to see a ton from him, in part because Westside was just up by so much. Alex Bullock is a kid I wrote about this week uh, that I really like. I, again, another guy that it's going to be hard for him to end up as a walk-on at Nebraska, and I don't think he's a scholarship guy. 
But it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up at a Northern Illinois or another Mac school and kind of carves out a nice career. He's just a, a really good player. He could be a safety. He could be a linebacker. He could be a wide receiver. Not the fastest guy, but certainly one of those high school players that just gets all over the field. So I was I was pretty impressed by him. And, and it was, you know, I, I don't know how you felt, Brunch, but it was just nice getting back around football, seeing live football, and uh, having that experience just kind of felt good. It, it reminded me of what I have missed so much just in terms of seeing live sporting events and just being in that environment the last six months. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, go, going back to Seth Malcolm, um, I mean, uh, w- when you see an eight-man player recruited, uh, you know, at the FBS level, do you, do you see do you see him being able to make that transition relatively easily? Or, or I guess kind of w- what did you – see from him especially on defense since that's where he's going to be ending up at Nebraska well and and so I think that he can make that transition he's obviously going to have to get used to playing 11 man football but I I think more than anything he strikes me as a guy that Nebraska is having in its back pocket uh when they play teams like a Wisconsin when they play teams like an Iowa when they want kind of a, a linebacker that's sort of a a north south guy in a lot of ways and and some people might not view this as a super favorable comparison, but I mean, he was a multi-year starter on a big 10 team. He reminds me a lot of Josh Mandaris. Like he's that kind of linebacker and there's still value for that for Nebraska in the big 10. It's not a guy that I think is going to be an every down linebacker. It's not a guy that I think might lead the team in tackles, but I think he can carve out a really nice role player position uh, with the Huskers at linebacker. I think he could be a good special teams player for him. He just strikes me as the kind of guy that it's worth betting on because the upside could be even greater and the floor is going to be pretty high there too. So I think you're going to get a contributor and a guy that can help you at the very least as a backup and on special teams and in certain situations against certain teams. And then from there, if it just all comes together and he gets in front of a real, you know, strength and conditioning program and he's able to maximize his athleticism, you can see the instincts and why he could be a pretty strong linebacker. So he's a, He's an exciting kid to kind of keep track of, uh, even if he's a guy that isn't going to be on anybody's mind when they're putting together their super six at some point. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Nebraska has been kind of hot on the recruiting trail. I know that sounds like a misnomer because they're not expected to, to do much, but they've jumped a ton in the recruiting rankings. They picked up a bunch of commitments in August. We're going to run through some of that. We're going to highlight the fact that uh, the Huskers could be landing another commitment as soon as Friday evening with Makai Bayer. So we will get into all of that and more. But before we go, first, make a mental note. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We, uh, we deserve your five-star. We are a true 24-7 sports composite five-star, whether it's our terrific banter whether it's my dog drinking water, whether it's BC being a 17-sport uh, a athlete at Omaha North, whether it's our delightful conversations about Nebraska athletics at large, we're a five-star. We know it. You know it. It's time for you to, uh, to help us out with that rating a little bit. So please do that and drop us a question in there, too, and we can try to get to those on the podcast sometime, too. So if you got a question you really want to get on the podcast, give us a five-star rating. We will make that happen in the near future. And we will be back after this. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Michael Brunts. Uh... You know, we we got a little banter in earlier, but let me let me ask you this: You seem a little quiet about your A's as of late. Any any particular reason? Have they cooled off a little bit? You you haven't seemed uh, you haven't seemed as as baseball as great guy as you were maybe a couple weeks ago. Well, they they haven't played. Well, they played some games. They're they're twenty two and twelve, and they are uh, they're they've basically been sitting out the week because of uh, positive uh, coronavirus tests. So it's it's like uh, I got all excited, and then you get you get the the positive test, and then I'm just uh, sitting there just waiting. So I'm still still very positive uh, generally about uh, the prospects. Got Mike Miner at the uh, at the deadline. And uh, I, I'm excited. I, I think I think good days are ahead. Okay. I didn't know if it was like the wind got taken out of the sails because they lost a couple to Houston or or what the deal was. But uh, it just yep. hadn't seemed like we had heard much from you. So we wanted to wanted to make sure everything was okay there in, in, in Oakland. Mike Miner, huh? Is that your new ace? Is he the new Mike Fires? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, 32-year-old lefties at, at the deadline don't really – get me excited but uh that's fine it's fine they got, they got uh tommy Lestella. That, that's something i guess yeah i don't know what it is but it certainly qualifies as something he can play second base for you yeah so yeah hopefully hopefully they can uh the the coronavirus l is the only one they take this week so well, hopefully they can get back on the field you don't want to be making up 30 games in 15 days so all right let's uh let's dive into it i mentioned makai bear the linebacker from new jersey uh he is a target that nebraska's had for a while it might not be a name people recognize but it's one that i've i've written about uh back in the spring i want to say and even in february i was talking with him he was already talking at that point in time about coming out to nebraska for a visit he really likes mike dawson he's an inside linebacker uh, by trade, and so Nebraska is certainly going to be 
looking at him there. So Barrett Rude would be his coach. Michigan State, West Virginia, Ole Miss, other teams to kind of know in this battle as well. I would say it's Nebraska-Michigan State at this point and could be uh, another nice pickup for them at inside linebacker. Bruns, do you know much about Makai? And then really, even if you don't, what do you kind of feel about how the Huskers have done with the linebacker position really in the last calendar year? If you go back to their 2019, or excuse me, 2020 class as well, where they finished up with Etavamalga Clements and uh, Keyshawn Green specifically at that inside linebacker spot. Yeah, they're, they're giving themselves options, aren't they? I mean, that, that's what I kind of keep coming back to is you know, that that was a, a group that you go back a couple of years ago and you needed, you just needed bodies there. Um, you know, I, I think we, when we've talked about this, you know, it seems like monthly uh, with the outside linebacker spot and, and kind of what they're doing there with, you know, having to develop guys looking for somebody to emerge. I, I think it's the same way, you know, at, at inside backer where, you know, this season you you feel pretty good about the the veteran guys that you have there. You've added to that with uh, Maga Clements uh, certainly being able to provide some depth there. But you know when you kind of project out a little bit more, uh, a couple of years, uh, you, you need to get more guys in the program that you can develop and, and bring along. And and you know both linebacker positions are going to be really key in this class. They have been. Uh, you know, it started with Randolph Pye. I think he's a guy that, you know, a couple of years down the line can be a, a big difference maker for Nebraska. Uh, Patrick Payton, I think there's going to be a bit of a battle to keep him uh, in the class because he still hasn't visited yet. And you've got schools a little bit closer to home trying to flip him there. Um, Seth Malcolm, who we talked about uh, before the break, another guy that uh, I think down the line can be developed and brought along. So, you know, I, I think this – if this commit does come from Nebraska on Friday, it's just another example of uh, continuing to give yourself options, uh, giving yourself, uh, you know, guys for, for Barrett Rood and, and Mike Dawson to uh, kind of bolster their depth chart with. And, and the other thing too, you know, it, it's another guy from, from the Northeast. Um, you know, it, it felt like that kind of went away a little bit, uh, you know, when Mike Dawson went to the pros, but that uh, this would be, I, I think a nice, a nice get for a, a guy that I think projects to be a pretty physical Big Ten type linebacker down the line. Yeah, it, I, I agree with you, especially on the New Jersey thing. That's an area where you're not going to get a ton of wins, but the wins you do get are significant. And he even said this. I mean, he's one of those guys that came out on these uh, these sort of unofficial, unofficial visits where he's not able to meet with the staff. He's not even able to tour facilities, but he's able to walk around campus and get a feel for the place. And he said this about Nebraska is that one of the things he learned is he didn't really know that they had that strong of a connection to the Garden State. And they've had some great players come out of there, all the way back to Rich Glover and, and Mike Rogier is from there. And then even more recently, uh, they've had some guys that they've pulled in from New Jersey as well. I mean, Ramir Johnson's the most recent one prior to if they're able to land Makai Gaber. But um, it, it's an interesting situation where I feel like I feel like Nebraska is in a spot right now, Brunts, where they're at, what, 17 commitments? And it it seems that the number of 20 to 21 is no longer going to be what they end up doing. It, it, it feels like they might just take a full class in part because of this uh, 
the deal with the eligibility and, and worrying about it later. I mean, you can, you can take as many people because you don't have anybody coming off the list. They might just take the full 25. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's, I, I think you got to go a little bit higher th- than, uh, you know, what, what had kind of initially been said. And, and there was, you know, a fair amount of attrition uh, in the spring that, that would allow them to maybe go a little bit higher and feel comfortable about that. The, the thing that, I mean, we can talk about it, but with the JUCO season largely being moved to the spring, I think that given the numbers crunch that you're going to have at a lot of places, I feel like the, the transfer portal is going to be pretty active uh, next spring. So, I mean, I, I think Nebraska would, would be fine to take a little bit of a larger class than maybe what they were expecting, but also, you know, kind of keep a couple scholarships to kind of play the free agency game with uh, down the line. Because I, like I said, I mean, with expanded rosters, with just the uncertainty of when leagues are going to play, if they're going to play, uh, you know, the fact that you're going to have a lot of guys probably signing uh, with schools that they haven't visited in person, it just feels like it's setting up for a lot of quality names to end up in the transfer portal. So I think Nebraska is going to have to kind of balance that uh, with, with what their ultimate number is if they end up signing. But, um, you know, I, I do think what we, we kind of get, been going up for what, 2021 was, was kind of the, the number that we, we kind of looked at. I think you could probably go a couple spots higher than that, especially when you have, you know, some guys that are probably a little bit borderline like a James Carney who uh, is closer to home, but uh, I think would be a, a fine addition, uh, especially as kind of an add-on guy in the class. Okay, so we've gotten to see Seth Malcolm, Teddy Prohaska. I've seen Heinrich Harburg in a scrimmage. BC got to see him in a game. AJ Rollins and Kobe Bretts. Who who's a guy that you're probably not going to get to see in person just simply because of distance? Uh, that you're you're hoping you know that you would like to have watched a game of this year as you look at this class. That so you would like to kind of size up and see. Okay. That's who this guy is. Do you have anybody like that that comes to mind? Yeah, Latrell Neville for me is is probably the the biggest one. Um, you know, you look at the measurements at six three one ninety five. Um, there's a lot to like there. Uh, the fact that at least for the twenty four seven sports rankings, he's kind of been all over the place. He was a kind of a mid four star, and now down, back down to a, a mid three. Uh, you know, everything that we've heard about him is you know, just a a real physically gifted kid that really hasn't had the benefit of of great quarterback play to this point. So I'd be kind of curious to see where he's at in his senior season. Kamate Grimes is kind of similar in that same way where, you know, this class, the wide receivers are are so different physically than what Nebraska's recruited in the past. And you kind of want to see if they're that that dominating – uh, type athlete that Nebraska would love to add uh, to that wide receiver group. So I think Neville or Grimes are probably the two uh, that I would highlight most there. What about you? Yeah, I definitely those guys come to mind. Patrick Payton, I mean, I kind of want to see, you know, what a, a six foot five, 205 pound outside linebacker defensive end that had 17 sacks last year looks like this year with a better roster around him. That has me pretty intrigued. So Patrick Payton would be a guy that, that comes to mind. And then kind of an off-the-wall one, because I, I agree with you on the wide receivers. Like Sean Hardy, I, I would definitely want to see, just because I, I've heard a lot about his athleticism. 
And he's a quiet kid, but he's a uh, – I think he's going to be a pretty good player for Nebraska. Uh, another guy that, that I kind of want to watch is Marquise Buford. Like, he's the number one prep player in the – prep school player in the country. St. Thomas Moore, their schedule is still supposed to go forward as expected. Uh, there's just something about the fact that he's kind of a two-way player and he views himself as a two-way player. He even said that, you know, Nebraska, once he gets settled at defensive back, they had even kind of left open the door that it's special teams for sure, but maybe even a sub package or two where he could get on the offensive side of the ball. Marquise Buford really kind of intrigues me. I think he, along with a lot of those defensive backs, Lardarius Webb and, and Malik Williams, probably aren't going to get talked about a lot in this class either. Uh, but there's a lot of athleticism there, and especially with Marquise Buford. So he kind of comes to mind for me. He's kind of got that uh, – I mean, it, it's an obvious comparison because of the prep school stuff. But, I mean, he, I, I think he's kind of got that Elante Brown type potential uh, to come in and, and be kind of maybe an early guy, I, I think an early contributor. Could be. It just really sort of depends on what it looks like for Nebraska at corner next year, mm-hmm. um, you know, what happens post the Caprio Boodle kind of thing. And um, you're right, though. He's, he's, a, he's an interesting guy, and, and he, he's someone I expect to play earlier because of this prep school season. So I've gotten in, in problems in the past where you have that expectation of junior college guys, but I just like the way he carries himself. I like the way he conducts himself, and uh, he's just a guy I kind of wanted to, to highlight there. All right, so Nebraska's up to number 24 in the country. They're up to number six in the Big Ten. Where do you see Brunson's class? You know, we'll, we'll kind of finish up with this. Where do you see this class finishing out? In terms of ranking? The ranking, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a tough time seeing them get much higher by the time this all finishes. Like, I, unless they have a rabbit or two that they pull out of their hat, like, I don't know if they're breaking the top 20. And to be honest, I think they're sitting right in the range where they're going to finish the year two. Yeah, I – I was thinking probably somewhere in the 20 to 25 um, areas where they'll end up. And I'm just, I'm looking at the 24 seven sports rankings right now. And there's like a huge gap gap of uh, between the, the number 16 and number 17 ranked teams in the country, a and 16, Wisconsin's at 17. And then there's just kind of a car crash of teams between 17 and about 30. So you know, it, I, I think Nebraska has the chance to move up. I don't, I don't foresee them getting closer to, you know, inside the top 20 unless you, you have somebody that gets, you know, a pretty significant bump or, like you said, there's a bit of a surprise. You know, the, thing, the, the kind of unknown, I guess, in all this is right now you have the dead period extended out through end of September. Is that where we're at now? Yeah. Um, you know, if – if guys can start making visits, I could see a lot of movement, decommitments, all that other stuff. Um, if the dead period gets kicked out farther, I, I think a lot of guys are just going to kind of stay where they are. So that that's kind of the big wild card in it. But I, I agree with you. I think probably somewhere in that 20 to 25 range is where Nebraska is going to end up. And, and, and that's, you know, dependent on if how close they get to the 25 number. Um, and, and especially if they hold back a couple spots, I, I don't see them getting inside. The, the top 20 unless there's you know a, a significant surprise like a, a Keyshawn Green or somebody like that late yeah no if they were to pick up this commitment on Friday from Makai Bear they would move up to number 21 and be just 
a fraction behind where Iowa sits right now in the recruiting rankings. So, and there's, there's a couple guys, Gabe Irvin, Sean Hardy, Kamonte Grimes that uh, keep an eye out. You can see 24 seven sports, re-rate them. I had Steve Wolfong on the radio the other day and, and he's still, he thinks that Heinrich Harburg is somebody that could be re-rated too. He's very enamored with that athleticism wants to see what the film looks like. I don't know if there's enough you can do at the C1 level uh, to, to bump you up that much, but that's another guy to, to kind of keep an eye on as well. All right, Bruns, any final thoughts before we close this thing off? Uh, any predictions for what we will know or be rumored to know uh, the next time we podcast? That's what I want from you. Uh, my prediction is a faction of the Big Ten will break off and join the MAC and form a super conference of Rust Belt schools plus Nebraska that just want to play football. Uh, it, it's just going to be called the Just Want to Play Football Conference, and it won't go over particularly well. That's the rumor that I'm hearing from Slider today. What about – what if they called it the Big Mac? I Well, how about Return of the Mac? could do that. I, th- I think you could do that. Um, I mean, you might have some trademark issues, I guess, with Big Mac, but I, I could see where – Maybe you could do like a cross promotional thing because you already have the Big Mac sack. That would be um, pretty. So there, there's potential there that I think needs to probably probably be explored. That, that's how that's how the Big Ten is going to save itself financially. Is is McDonald's is going to help them out? Well, if anybody has been recession proof, we know it's McDonald's. So they're still rolling along like nothing ever happened. The only bad thing that's ever happened for McDonald's was their Monopoly game. And all it led to was a pretty terrific HBO documentary. So you should check that out sometime. Bro, do you have any? Uh, do you have any any other thoughts here that uh, before we we shut this thing down? I had a question and then I completely lost it. So I just have to repeat myself now. That's where we are. Gotcha. No, I think I'm good. Uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday with, with some more stuff. So maybe you can think about uh, if you remember, you can ask that. Yeah. Well, I think the question was where are you going to go this week to watch high school football? Who are you looking for? Give me a player. Give me one player that you're looking for this week when you're watching games. Well, I think I'm probably going to split the difference in Lincoln on Friday. I might go check out uh, Gretna at at Lincoln High, then make it over to to Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln Southwest. I'm curious to see Zane Flores uh, out out at Gretna, quarterback. Been hearing good things, uh, class of 2023. So we'll go uh, see what he's all about. All right. I'm going to go check out Thomas Fedoni, I believe, this weekend. For the first time, I'll see him in game action. Looking forward to that. I'm sure we'll have thoughts and updates and everything throughout the weekend at Husker 24-7. Hope everybody has a great Labor Day. Enjoy 100-degree weather if you're here in Nebraska. Over the weekend, it'll never end. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Check us out at Husker 24-7. We'll be back next week with another podcast.